You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reads Blaster Master. Meet Jason. Recently, he lost his pet frog. Jason chased after Fred, you know, the frog, and discovered a creepy old swamp. Before long, he decided to jump down a huge hole because maybe, just maybe, that's where his frog went. That's right, he jumped down a huge hole. But it's a good thing he did, because he met an alien girl named Eve, who was on Earth collecting samples for her home planet. Unfortunately, Eve inadvertently brought an evil group of plutonium monsters with her. Thankfully, Jason and Eve have a special car, Sophia the Third. Will this odd couple be able to defeat the evil monsters and save the world? Find out on another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Chapter 16 Alex? The name escaped Jason's mouth before he had time to think. Even mentioned someone named Alex, Jason had no idea it was this Alex. The slightly lopsided nose, the frizzy hair, the eyebrows that almost came together in the middle, even through the helmet, Alex Buffoni's features stood out. The last time Jason had seen him was two weeks ago in school. Alex had been his typical weird self that day, making squeaky noises in the back of the class, trying to convince everyone that there was a a mouse running loose. Now look at him, thought Jason. He probably had had gone chasing after a lost pet too and, and suffered the consequences. Jason stooped down. He shook Alex's shoulder. Alex, it's me, Jason, Alex. Two sentences pop into Jason's mind. Something the plutonium boss had said. I need tough species, one that I can mutate into new forms that serve my needs. The last time I tried was on a human, but he fell apart. With horror, it dawned on Jason that Alex might have been that human. It was Alex's voice. He was struggling to say something. Jason leaned close in. What? What's that, Alex? What did you say? Alex's eyes flickered open, shut, then open. He fixed a steady gaze at Jason. I said... He replied, stone-faced. What's the matter? Don't you say that when you wake up after being knocked unconscious? Jason let out a howl of joy. It was Alex, all right. Unmutated, with the the same sick sense of humor. (sighs) Alex moaned, sitting up. I dreamed I I left this place, or maybe that was reality, and and this is a dream. And, And if it is... What are you what are you doing cluttering my dream? This isn't a dream, Alex, Jason said. We're in some bizarre underworld created by the plutonium boss. Alex slapped his helmet. 
Oh, right. Of course. I'm looking for my pet lizard. While he's plotting to turn the earth into a big charcoal briquette. You do remember! Now I... I know I was dreaming. Alex sank to the ground again. Wake me up when it's over. Jason pulled him to his feet. You have to come with me, Alex. We both got this far. Together we can beat the Plutonium boss. Oh, well. Where's what's-her-name? Alex asked. The, the girl with the great car that dumped me. Eve dumped you? Jason said. He couldn't believe it. Sort of, yeah. I, I fell down this hole and she came at me with a gun. It scared me to death. Then she said she was from some other planet and told me this wacko story about the plutonium boss, which I didn't believe, but I thought, hey, if I play along with her and she let me ride in her car. Then she went through some long tunnel, which I thought was never going to end. I got really nervous, so, you know, as soon as we got through, she insisted I get out and, and go to some door. No way, Jose, I thought. Well, I got out and ran away. Next thing I know, I was taken away by some metal bird, and then... His voice trailed off. Then what? Jason asked. Alex shrugged. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Until I woke up and saw you. Well, the important thing is that you're alive, Jason said. Now, let's go try and find Eve. She's in trouble. He turned to run, but Alex pulled him back. What are you, crazy? What did she, she do to help me? Hey, I don't know about you, but I want to get out of here. I just got this new video game at home, and I'm finally... Jason cut him off. This is more important than a video game, Alex. If we don't get to the plutonium boss, you won't ever need to worry about video games again. There won't be a world left to play them in. Now, come on! Grumbling, Alex followed him. Together, they went to Sophia the Third and climbed in. They found level 5. While Jason slew the underboss there, a lobster, Alex hid in the corner. At level 6, Alex finally began to pull himself together and helped Jason destroy that underboss. Driving through the tunnel to level 7, Jason could barely control his excitement. Butterflies crashed around in his stomach. His fingers tingled with anticipation. One more underboss. Then they could go face to face with the most dreaded enemy the world has ever known. Just hours ago, it had seemed impossible. But it was going to happen. Jason knew it. Are we there yet? Alex whined. As Sophia the Third approached the end of the tunnel, Jason gave him a sidelong glance. You know what, Buffoni? You can really spoil a moment. Hey, ease up. I would just kid. The words caught in Jason's throat. Sophia the Third had just shot out of the tunnel into level 7. And it was unlike anything that they had seen. This was no shiny metal sewer. No mud-coated cavern. It was as if they were taking a sudden detour to the North Pole. 
A frigid coating of white covered every square inch. Icicles hung from the ledges that protruded from walls of solid ice. On each ledge, each pathway, there was a crusty covering of snow. Wow, Alex said, looking around as if in wonder. The only thing that was missing is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, huh? Huh? There were some armadillo-like robots crawling around, which Jason recognized from other levels. Even though they could pelt Sophia the Third with ammunition, Jason considered them easy pickings. With Alex's help, they blew them away. In front of them, a long, white road stretched out. Alex sat back in his seat. Wake me up when we get to the end of this road. Before he could close his eyes, Jason brought the vehicle to a screeching, skidding halt. Alex bolted upright in the seat. In front of them was a winter sprite emerging from a blizzard. Eve was running towards them. She was waving energetically, and through her helmet, Jason could see a smile of relief in her face. She's all right! Jason said, not quite believing it. Then, she got closer. He shouted with happiness, She's alright! He looked over at Alex, expecting to share a scream of triumph, a smile of recognition, something. But Alex's eyes were fixed grimly forward, and his finger was on the gun button. Jason panicked. Are you crazy? Alex didn't answer. He seemed to be taking aim. This is a joke, right? Jason said. Look, I know you were a little ticked off at her, but this really isn't funny. Jason reached over to push Alex's hand away. It wasn't a joke, but Alex was quick and determined. With a firm press of a button, he sent a straight line of gunfire towards Eve. Game Hint you must defeat each underboss in order to advance. Chapter 17 With a bright blare of smoke, Eve went up in a miniature mushroom cloud. Sophia III recoiled from the impact, sliding along the ice. Jason's mouth locked in an opened position. He stared, unable to find words to describe the horror he felt. Well... Alex said. Jason's eyes slowly traveled from the mushroom cloud to Alex. His mind was overloaded jumble of pain, rage, shock, sadness. All of which canceled each other out and became numbness. Alex rolled his eyes. Aren't you going to drive? Aren't you going to drive? Jason repeated, as if he'd forgotten how to speak. Then, suddenly the words poured out of him like a torrent. How? How could you ask me that? How, how can you be so calm? You, you murderer! She was the only survivor of her planet. She's the, she's the one who, who told us about the plutonium boss in the first place. Without her, oh, there'd be no chance for survival. And, and now, and now you've gone and... And tears welled up in Jason's eyes. He couldn't continue. Hey, hey, easy, Alex said. You don't get it. 
What do you mean I don't get it? Jason was practically spitting his words now. I mean, that wasn't Eve, Jason. Don't play games with me! The plutonium boss did mutate you, didn't he? He turned you into a ruthless killing machine! Alex grabbed Jason by the shoulders and shook him. Earth to Jason! Earth to Jason! Read my lips! That wasn't Eve! Jason just stared at him. His rage turned to confuse him. The minute I saw her, something came back to me. Alex continued. I remembered something from the time I thought I forgot. He knitted his brows, reaching into the recent past. The plutonium boss, well, I met him, or, or at least I think I did, although I can't picture how he looked. He, he brought me into some sort of genetic lab. He, he wanted me to do experiments on me or, or something like that. A, mu a mutation experiment? Jason said. Like, like what he did to make those underbosses? I, I guess, Alex said. Anyway, he kept complaining about me. He said I was too weak-hearted. I couldn't keep conscious. Which must have been right, because I barely remember anything. But there was something else going on in that lab. Some new kind of imaging. Huh? Oh, he was using nuclear magnetic resonance imaging. Something like that. If he needed to hide something, he could just project a moving image over it, using a nuclear magnetic ray or something like that. It looked real, but you could tell it wasn't. Something about the color, the way it glowed. You mean Eve was? Jason said. Why didn't you just use a hologram? Holograms are okay for close up. Alex says, but from a distance, you can see through them. What, what we were seeing was a small nuclear bomb disguised with the image of Eve. So, how, how come you, you could see her and I couldn't? Alex shrugged. I guess I've been down here so long my eyesight has been, well, you know, sensitized to radioactivity or something. Amazing, Buffoni, Jason said with a smile. You saved our lives. Hey, I'm not as stupid as you look. Just then, Sophia the Third was thrown backwards by a cannon blast. Jason and Alex had to get back to work. They blasted their way forward, destroying sinister iced monsters and self-propelled gun turrets. Alex was having the time of his life. Hey, this isn't so bad after all, he shouted, picking off an ice monster with ease. I wouldn't mind staying here a while. As Sophia the Third approached a sudden drop-off, Jason jammed on the brakes. Don't speak too soon, he warned. The vehicle went into a skid right over the edge. Jason and Alex were both thrown to the left of Sophia as they slid off a long, icy spiral. They picked up speed until all they could see was a white blur. Ah, uh, stop us! Alex screamed. Jason tried the brakes, but there was no traction. He pressed emergency jump, 
of the vehicle just banged against the tunnel's ceilings. Sophia III barreled downwards and slid to a stop at the bottom. Only their shoulder harnesses kept Jason and Alex from flying through the windshield. Jason exhaled with relief. He looked out at their surroundings, a small chamber with ice blocks walls. In the center of it, covered with frost, was an arched double door. I want to go home now, Alex demanded. I've had enough of this. Jason grabbed the door handle. Come on, Alex. I have a feeling we ain't seen nothing yet. Reluctantly, Alex followed him to the double door. There was a huge metal ring on each half of the door, and above each ring, the sign said no trespassing. Maybe we should knock first, Alex suggested meekly. Jason grabbed one of the rings and pulled the door open. A blast of frigid air greeted them with a loud whoosh. Jason and Alex both were knocked off of their feet. I wish they'd turn down the air conditioning, am I right? Alex said with a weak smile. They picked themselves up and Jason led the way. Howling winds swirled around them. They looked up. Blades of ice jutted out of the walls, forming crystal caves and catacombs. Shadows danced and flittered like bats alongside the wind and bizarre squeaky noise. There was silence. Come on, Jason, Alex pleaded. There's nothing here. This is probably not even the plutonium boss jurisdiction. Let's go. Freak! The noise startled both of them. They looked around and saw nothing. Uh, I know that noise, Jason said quietly. Freak! Now there was a knocking sound from behind the walls to the right. From behind the door in the wall. This can't be, Jason murmured. What? What, what, Alex? Said. You're, you're getting weird on me all of a sudden. Freak! This is like... Like... My dream! Jason answered. He approached the door. The icy, slimy knob was there, just as in the dream. He was gripped with fear. He didn't want to face what was in there. He couldn't face it. No robot, no monster, no underboss, nothing compared to the horror of this creature. But in his dream, he never did see that creature. Or did he? The end of his dream had been so terrifying that Jason had been awakened rather than face it. This time, when Jason opened the door, he would be wide awake. There would be no escaping. He grabbed the knob, felt the icy stuff oozing between his fingers. With a mighty pull, he yanked it open. Pitch black. Inky black. Black hole black. Nothing. Just like in the dream. Let's get out of here, Alex whimpered. For a moment, Jason agreed. But only a moment. He stepped forward, looking up into the suffocating darkness. When he spoke, he said three well-chosen words. Come get me! 
Shriek! The shriek almost pierced his eardrums. Alex yelled in pain. A blinding burst of light shattered the blackness. And there before them stood the last underboss. Jason drew his gun. Then he dropped it. He fell to his knees. No! No, it can't be! The underboss came nearer. It loomed over them, its tongue lashing in and out of its mouth. Kill it, Jason! Alex shrieked. Jason just bowed his head. He could vanquish robots without a second thought. He could turn underbosses into dust. Nothing would make him happier than destroying the plutonium boss if he had the chance. But he couldn't. He just couldn't race his gun against his own frog. The seventh and last underboss was Fred. Game Hint. Use curved bullets to kill the bullet machine in level two. And now an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Blaster Master. Dear A.L. Singer, you sure do know how to undermine your own stupid cliffhangers, don't you? Here I am, getting all emotionally worked up because I think Eve's dead and Jason has to go up against his own pet frog. But I can't be too sad, because seconds after dropping the cliffhanger, you give me some inane game hint or something. It's not like I don't appreciate them, I just think that uh, they break up the book's most compelling chapter breaks. Well, where were these hints when Jason was falling to his death or some other generic shit like that? And while we're on the subject of game hints, is it just me or are some of these hints just a little useless? Like, they're about as useful as the power glove. What did that first one say? Oh, I, I have it right here. Hang on. Uh, you must defeat each underboss in order to advance. Really? Y you mean I actually have to fight all of the underbosses before I can complete the game? God, who would have figured that out? Those 8-bit games let you choose whether or not you want to fight a boss. No, 8. They don't. No, 8-bit action game does that. It, it, everything is this linear level, and then you, you fight some big bad guy at the end. I mean, that's that's how they all were back in the day. In fact, that's how most of them are now. I'm not sure how I did this, but I did manage to get a hold of a few other game hints that were never printed. I'm not sure if you guys ever really want to hear this, but but some of these aren't, aren't from Blaster Master, so you're just going to need to forgive me. Uh, for example, in uh, Super Mario Brothers, you always want to run to the right. See, that's useful advice. Uh, in Contra, you always want to pick up the most powerful weapons. In Shadowgate, you're going to want to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, never drink and drive in Rad Racer. Uh, in uh, Blades of Steel, you shouldn't let the other team score. Uh, in The Legend of Zelda, you should try and save the princess. And in a very, very useful hint... Uh, if you're playing NARC on your NES, uh, you should just go, uh, get up, turn off your game system, and, and maybe even throw it out the window. See, that last hint makes a lot of sense to me. The truth is, I can go on forever about these stupid game hints, but there's no time for that, because I quickly want to address the brand new character that was introduced. So now we have Alex to kick around, and he apparently is the comic relief of the story when, when Eve is absent. 
boy, I can't wait to get these two together. She misunderstands everything, and he thinks he's a lot funnier than he actually is. Together, they'll be like Dane Cook, only without stealing other people's jokes. <sighs> I love how Jason describes Alex. The slightly lopsided nose, the frizzy hair, the eyebrows that almost come together in the middle. What, you couldn't just call him fucking ugly? Why, why stop there? Why, why not mention his terrible acne, how he needs deodorant, he's missing teeth, uh, lazy eye, bald spot, his limp, man boobs, and that, that damn speech impediment. Just, just, just go all the way with this guy. Make him look like a real loser, or, or at least make him look like Danny DeVito. I mean, that would pretty much get the point across. Anyway, I'm desperately running out of time here, so I'm going to wrap this letter up real fast. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, A.L. Singer. I'll uh, get a hold of you uh, when I can. Uh, until then, you're going to have to live with yourself. Sincerely, Cyril Michelle.